I wanted to wear my Day of the Dead mask today since Day of the Dead is part of what we're actually celebrating today as part of our uh, expanded All Saints celebration. Today is the Feast of All Saints. It's always November 1st. It doesn't often fall on a Sunday, obviously, but it does today, which is wonderful. Tomorrow is known as All Souls Day, or often called the Day of the Dead. And today is part of a series of three days that started yesterday with Halloween, and I hope you all at least got to uh, dress up in a costume if you couldn't go trick-or-treating and have a little fun. Halloween is known in the church as All Hallows' Eve, and the word hallow, from which we get Halloween, and All Hallows' Eve, the word hallow means to honor as holy. It's not a common word, but we actually say it pretty regularly. You don't use it in conversation, but we say it every time we say the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy be your name. In the New Testament, the word saints was used to describe the entire membership of the Christian community. St. Paul will sometimes refer to the saints, and he's referring to the entire Christian community. And in the church, we talk about the communion of saints. That term, the communion of saints, means the whole family of God, both the living and the dead. That is the whole communion of saints, the whole family of God, living and dead. In the early church, there was a bit of a shift from the New Testament understanding of saints to starting to refer to saints as people who particularly, in a special way, reflected God or exemplified God's love, who showed us how to live in relationship with God or who were seen as doing the works of God, like St. Francis or St. John, after whom our church is named the apostles, many of the people we call saints today were seen as reflecting God in a special way. And so they were exalted in a way as saints beyond just the general understanding of communion of saints. But communion of saints still means all of us, the whole family of God, living and dead. That early church shift in how saints were understood leads to today, All Saints Day, one of the major feast days of the church. In fact, it's one of the days that gets moved to a Sunday. If it doesn't, it's November 1st, but it often gets celebrated on a Sunday because it's such a major feast. And on this day, we celebrate the saints of God, known and unknown. Tomorrow is All Souls Day or the Day of the Dead, and that is a day where we remember all of the faithful departed. So people who might not be in the calendar of saints in the church year, but who are faithful who have died, those whom we love but see no longer. Since the Reformation, these days have often been condensed into one celebration, and that is commonly what we do here at St. John's. We are commemorating all those saints of the church 
but also remembering all those who have died, all the faithful departed. So today we give thanks for all the saints of the church and we pray the necrology, which is the prayers, a special offering of prayers for all those who have died in the last year or those who are loved ones to us who have died. And I've been thinking about this communion of saints and the way the whole family of God is understood as both the living and the dead. The living and the dead together being that whole family of God that we are celebrating today. And what, it, what does it mean, those connections, and how someone can be part of that family of God even in death? I want to share with you a story of something that happened about a month ago. I'm in a clergy group uh, that I've been in for about 19 years, and we're very, very close. The members of that clergy group are like brothers to me. And one of the members of our clergy group, who's a very dear friend, sent a message to our group asking us to pray for his mother. His mother had been having some health issues, which he didn't know about, and because of COVID, she had not wanted to go see her doctors. And she's also was the only care provider for her husband, my friend's father, who has some dementia. So because of all of that, she was not seeing her doctors, but clearly something was not going well. So she finally went to the hospital and was clearly seriously ill. So my friend flew to Arizona where, his, where he grew up, where his parents live, and uh, his mother ended up being diagnosed with terminal cancer uh, with not very long to live. In fact, she entered hospice care in the hospital, and they said she would probably live only a few days, um, and that was it. And he sent me a message saying that he was at his parents' home and he was going through some stuff, kind of trying to process all of this. And he came upon some information that his mother, he did not know this, his mother was actually born at the old Ross Hospital that used to be on Sir Francis Drake. She was born there in 1937. He did not know this. And he wondered, I wonder if my mom may have been baptized at St. John's. So I went up into the attic of the church office building. We have an old safe there that we keep all the old records of the church in. And I found the old register and started flipping through it. And lo and behold, I came upon my friend's mother's name. She had been baptized in this church in 1938. The church was about half as long as it is now, but she had been baptized here at St. John's in 1938. And I, I was like, wow, that's amazing. So I told my friend, I'm going to go pray for your mom at the font where she was baptized because we still haven't used the original font from the church. So I came into the church. I was praying in front of the font. I'm, it's behind the camera that you're viewing me through right now and prayed for his mom. And then I can only describe this as being inspired by the Holy Spirit. I thought I, I should light a vigil candle and put it at the font to stand vigil in prayer 
for his mother in her final days. So I got one of our vigil candles that we use in our ombre to signify that the reserve sacrament is present. It takes about seven days for it to completely burn down. And I lit the candle and I put it in the font. And I sent my friend a photograph of the candle burning in the font where his mother was baptized. Again, it, it just felt like the spirit moving me to do that. He sent me a message a little bit later saying that uh, his father, who has dementia, was refusing to leave his mother's bedside at the hospital. He would just sit in the chair next to her bed. And he showed his dad the photo of the candle burning in the font where his mother was baptized. And he told me it was the first time in his life that he had ever seen his father cry. I felt so touched by that, that connection. And I let the candle burn. His mom lived several days longer than uh, they had thought. And he sent us all a message in our clergy group when his mother had died. And I came into the church and said a prayer for her and blew out the candle. He'd sent me a message saying he wanted that candle. So I blew out the candle and mailed it to him. And then that next Sunday, I was standing right where I'm sitting now doing the prayers of the people. And we got to the prayers for the dead. And I read my friend's mother's name. And I kind of felt overcome with emotion for a moment because here I was standing in the church where his mother was baptized facing the font that she was baptized in reading her name as someone who had just died and it was this complete cycle of life happening here at St. John's she was baptized in our font in 1938 and here we were reading her name as someone who had died here in that same church and just it kind of blew me away that that the mother of one of my dearest clergy friends uh, was baptized <laughs> at St. John's it was kind of amazing and the whole experience, and especially when I read her name, made me get that, feel that sense of the communion of saints. And I felt a presence of the communion of saints during that service when I read her name and thought of all the people who have been baptized in that font, dating back to at least 1908, 1910, somewhere around there who may be dead now, but who are still part of this community, still part of the communion of saints and our deep and profound uh, connections to them. And I felt enlivened uh, by the life of my friend's mother, and I never met her, I didn't know her at all, but I felt this deep connection to her and to everyone who had gone through the rebirth of baptism, the dying and rising of Christ in Christ in baptism. 
and then that passing on of life into death and an affirmation of the way life continues. This past week, our bishop led a retreat on Zoom for the clergy of the diocese, and he offered a reflection on All Saints and All Souls Day. And he said three things that really struck me and which encapsulate what we are celebrating today. The lives of the dead are still here with us. The lives of the dead are still here with us. And that in God, all are alive to us. Even those who have died in God are alive to us. And then he said something which I think is the uh, truest sense of what we are celebrating today that the work of love of those who have died has not ceased. My friend's mother's love for him has not ceased. It still transforms him. That love is still active. It still transforms us. That's why in the church we say that in death, relationships do not end. They are changed but they do not end because love never ends. And our prayers for the dead on this day, tomorrow, on all days, are part of that ongoing relationship with those whom we love who have died. So especially today and tomorrow, I invite you to call to mind those who are dear to you that have died. How is their work of love for you still active in your life and in the world? Tell the stories of those people to your family who may not have known them so well. That's part of what's done on the Day of the Dead is is not mourning, but celebrating eternal life and celebrating that love never ends and that those who have died live on in God. And we pray for them because they are still being transformed into love just as their love and God's love is transforming us. I never knew either one of my grandfathers, but in some ways they have been alive to me through the stories I've heard of them and through the people that my mom and dad are, how they were shaped by love and how that love shapes me even though I never knew either of my grandfathers. So today and tomorrow, call and celebrate, call to mind and celebrate those you love who have died, knowing that your relationship with them has not ended. And then, spend some time thinking about how you will be this for others when you die. And that the way you live as a saint of God today creates a love that will live beyond you. And that that is how you live on. And that how those relationships will continue to flourish in God's love.
how can you reflect that in your own life? One of the popular songs about saints that we sometimes sing in the church has the line, the saints of God are just folk like me, and I mean to be one too. How will you be a saint of God? Let us pray. God of love, we pray to you for those we love but see no longer. Grant them your peace. Let light perpetual shine upon them. And in your loving wisdom and almighty power, work in them the good purpose of your perfect will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.